1: Hey, gang, I hope you're enjoying 2024 so far. But guess what? You can enjoy it that little bit more if you follow our advice here at the NC Show. You know our friends at College Football Island who put on college games every summer in Dublin. Well, they're back and we're back this summer. Florida State, Georgia Tech, August 24th. We are going to be there. The big question is, are you? If you head on over to College Football Island, Dot com. You can register interest right now. We're going to put the link in the show notes, too, so you can just click on that if that's easier for you. Um, info will be sent to you about how you get tickets, how you get those locked in and come and join the party. I tell you what, it is one of the best football experiences I've ever had. And we've doubled down year on year and we're going back again for more. So me, Propo, Ben, hey, we might even drag Carlson with us this year. We're going to be there. The big question is, are you? Get involved. CollegeFootballIsland.com. to the nat coombs show our divisional round preview continues and we're doubling down not one but two terrific guests coming your way today in a little bit the brilliant broadcaster and writer scott mccabe last time i saw scott we were in tallahassee enjoying fsu miami good times brilliant guy and he is a fantastic listen really enjoyed that chat that's coming a bit he's going to be previewing three of the four divisional round games giving us his perspective things to look out for which narratives to key in on scott mccabe in just a bit but leading things off getting us set for bills chiefs and of course giving us his personal take on the all change at foxborough played under belichick he played with mayo who better to get us Set for what is in store for the Patriots, then the fantastic Super Bowl winning all pro member of the NC Show crew leading off today, the brilliant Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen, good to see you, man. Uh, We should probably establish straight off the bat, I've got to go play football. In about half an hour, and I think you have got to go and play golf, presumably, because you play golf every hour of
0: every waking day. Right? I, I wish, I wish. No, it actually. Uh, today is the first day in the last four days where it's supposed to get above freezing temperatures here in Colorado. <sighs> we got. Uh, I got to go after I get off with you. uh I got to go plow the driveway. So, uh so you get to go. You get to go play football. I now, get to go move move snow.
1: Now, do you cheat? Do you have like some kind of plow machine, or you old school? You have a shovel and you just take care of business one I do both i do, I do yeah. both i do yeah. both
0: it, de- it depends on how much snow we have um and and then i'll I'll judge it based off of that today i think it's going to be a combination of of the plower and and the shovel because i had to drive on it so that pack it's a whole thing oh so. man
1: it sounds i think we could do a whole <laughs> podcast on that quite frankly <laughs> seriously do, in the off season we are going to do uh shoveling <laughs> snow moving snow with Shane shamboree 60 <laughs> minutes, me, Pod right yes. here on the NC yeah. show. Uh, it's really good to see you, man. There is obviously a big, big topic I want to get in to with you <laughs> relating to one of your old teams and, and what's been going down and Foxborough over the last week. But I also, given the fact it's the divisional round want to get your takes and your keys to the biggest game of the weekend. I think it's fair to say the Mahomes-Allen-Chiefs-Bills rematch. Let's start with Belichick, though, and indeed Jared Mayo going in and taking the reins because he's somebody you played with and yeah. uh, you know all about. I remember being in Foxborough, one of my first years covering the game for TV 2000. And it was summer 2008. And okay. we, he'd just been drafted. So he was the talk of all the town. The fans were excited. The beat reporters were talking about him and, and we got some time with him as a rookie. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking this guy has got a great career ahead of him, but he just had that magnetism and that aura you need to lead. That yes. was surface level what I picked up as a rookie myself pretty much back in the day. You uh-huh. saw much more of him playing with him. You were teammates.
0: Was it always yeah. clear he was going to go on and coach? Um, I, I won't know if it was clear it was going to go on and coach. Um, I would say if, if Mayo was able to stay, to stay healthy, um, throughout his career, I think we're talking about Gerard Mayo, uh, not just as a coach, but as a, as as in the Ring of Honor at mm-hmm. the New England Patriots, uh, possibly a gold jacket. He he was that good, that smart of a football player, and he was the leader on the defense. Him and Vince Wilfork were the two anchors on the defense, not just on the field, but in the locker room as well. Um, what does that Leo mean? Mayo. Like we hear that all the yeah. time: leaders in a locker room. So what? Yeah, what does a leader in a locker room do? They, they they lead by example, in my opinion. Um, he was always there. Uh, he was there longer. He was taking care. He was doing the things off the field that we could see within the locker room um, to prepare himself as best he could, not just for practice, but for the games. And, um, you know, it, it's easy to speak and be a leader in a sense. But what that where people fall short is their actions aren't backing up their words. Mm-hmm. Uh Mayo actions were first and then he would speak second. He showed by example first. And then if he had to say something, he would say something after that. I, I can't speak highly enough about him. I looked up to him when I was there. Um, we, were, we were together for four seasons and, um, and he's, I mean, if there's it's, you're already going to have a tough time replacing Bill Belichick, regardless mm-hmm. of who you bring in, but bringing in Mayo, I think lessens the blow because he is, he he's, he's, he was, how do I say this? He kind of exemplified what, what Bill stood for. He exemplified right. the Patriot way. He exemplified um, accountability and and, mm. and being a man and being a pro's pro. He exemplified all the things that, that Bilicek, um spoke about and, and, and praised about. And that's who he was. Not yeah. that he, you know, not that he was trying to be that way. That's who he is. So he'll carry that. Forwards, which is which is yeah. so
1: important i guess when you think about the fundamentals of of the dynasty you have come on the show many times and we've on radio on this show we've talked a lot about the reasons why the patriots had such enduring success right and yeah. the the contrast or comparison i should say with what bill walsh did with the 49ers and it just built it through the organization so to have somebody carrying that torch must must Feel to a to a player who was a key part of that success must feel really really rewarding and and oh. I guess you must be quite relieved that they've gone that direction as opposed to blowing it up and and trying something else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a culture that was that that was put in place there, a foundation, a strong one. And I think when you have a that strong of a foundation, that much history and success off of a foundation, you want to try and keep as much remnants of that. Um, in the building. If you go somewhere completely different, which I wouldn't have knocked the the crafts or the organization if they wanted to go completely different. I, I get it. But staying with Mayo keeps some remnants of that strong foundation that was built for the last 24 years under coach Bilichek. Okay. So going forwards, what do you think of
1: the situation he's inheriting. I mean, obviously it's incredibly difficult shoes to fill, but I guess the last couple of years have maybe made that, that transition a little bit, little bit easier. Is, is the New England gig right now, particularly given his affinity with the organization, is it a, Good gig, an okay gig, an incredible gig. whatever <laughs> yeah. say sit in the pecking order of, of opportunities
0: right now? Uh, uh, yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question because it's not comp- it's not a it's not an organization like I said that doesn't have something have success to stand on. It's not a an organization that's not known around the world. It, you know, it's a prominent organization even with what has happened the last few years, which have been and the only and the reason why we're looking at these last few years as so, as so not Patriots is because of what the success that they had prior to that. So, you know, so as much as it's, as much as it sucks from being part of it, it's because of the hard work and dedication that many players before them, before the guys that are there now had put in. So look, I, I don't think, I think it's a, it's, it's an opportunity that's going to, that's going to be fruitful um, come next August, September, depending on the people that are brought into the building right now. Mm. Um, how are we approaching the draft? How mm-hmm. are we approach? Yes. How are we approaching the off season? How are we approaching free agency? How are we approaching the draft? Mm. I think those, those kind of executive front office positions are going to be uh, just as important as the players that are on the roster. You're not starting from scratch, but you're starting over, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. Uh, and that's a great point because when we think, and I want to look at the wider coaching situations and and, and Belichick, where he lands next, because you make a great point, Belichick's control of the front office and personnel, mm-hmm. which is quite a rare thing for a head coach to have, only a handful of them really are, are given that that mm-hmm. amount of freedom. Do you think he's going to compromise? There was talk, of course, reports that he's interviewed in Atlanta, um, I guess every team, pretty much with a, mm-hmm. an opportunity, will be certainly looking at and considering him. But mischievously, a lot of people talking about Dallas if if they move on, um, uh, and you kind of understand the logic in some ways. But then the other flip side of that is he, he's not going to be able to coexist with Jerry Jones. Is he? he's not going to see that kind of ground? So, yeah. so what, what is Belichick gonna at this stage of his career? Desperate for that record, desperate, but wanting that record of, of all-time wins and and obviously wanting another Super Bowl ring and to prove he can do it somewhere else one more time. Do you reckon he might be changing his viewpoint a little bit and prepared? be prepared to concede a little bit of ground and personnel selection?
0: <laughs> I, I think he should be. Um, he should be open to it. But um, if he was successful at it before, it, you know... Um, could he be successful at it again is the question he hasn't the last few seasons. I think he would be honest and tell you that as well. Um, So I think he should be open to that. I think it, I think it'll help him just focus on the coaching standpoint yeah. and not, and not trying to not focus elsewhere. You know, he can really curate the staff that he wants, really curate the talent that, that him and the GM are able to work together with. Um, But I, I think he should Shane, be do you reckon he'll definitely see that? open to you, it.
1: You know him, right? You played for him. Do you reckon, yeah. I mean, he's such a brilliant guy and a smart guy. Yeah. Is he going to ha- be able to have the self awareness to see that, or is he
0: everything yeah. that makes him think, who he is? He's not going to be able to. Yeah. See that? <laughs> You're right. I think I think there's a happy medium because you don't want to lose the things that made him great. That's why it's such a tough question, yeah, uh, to answer because you don't want to take away what makes him him. But at the same time, um, I, I think he should also be willing um, not. His, his thumbprint's going to be on everything, regardless of where he goes. Um, but if he's willing to maybe uh, work with a little bit more, work with um, a, a, another cast of people, more so than he has in the past, I mean, it's worth a shot. See what happens. Um, his, yeah. It doesn't mean that he's giving up complete control. Um, but I, I do see a scenario where he would maybe be asked to give up more control than what he's used to. I think Atlanta would be quite a cool fit, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be interesting. It, it it would be interesting. Yeah. Um. It would be. They would. Yeah. That would be. That would be an interesting. That would be an interesting draw. I wouldn't think in that. I mean, any team would be lucky to have them. I yeah. Mean, and
1: but they're not far. I guess they're not far off, right? Is is is, is right. my point on that? That oh, well, okay. Quarterback is is a big problem, but outside of that, I mean, the pieces around. Uh, you know, around Ritter and Heineke this season are there, they're ready to, they're ready to go. I mean, that could, yeah. could be, could be interesting. What's your, what's your favorite Belichick story of all, all the different oh, experiences that you had with him? Is there one, is there one story that really sticks out? Do you think Belichick?
0: Yeah. um, I've, And I've told this story before. Um, I don't know if I've told it on here, but The stories are always good. <laughs> yeah, on. this the the first one that comes to mind, and there's a lot that come to mind, but the first one that comes to mind is the week leading up to Super Bowl 49. Yeah, um, we were in meetings on on it was a red zone meeting, so it was a team meeting at like 7:30, 8 o'clock in the morning. I think it was a Thursday. Um, and he was going over red zone situations, start with the offense. This time he was talking to the defense, and he said. And for some reason, I I happened to be paying attention during this moment. <laughs> uh, that he, yeah. he, <laughs> he was um, speaking to the defense and he said, you know, for whatever reason, um, I he goes, I went back and I looked at all the games from this year and all the games from last year, for whatever reason, this offensive coordinator on second down inside the five yard line, likes to throw the football. He goes, I don't understand why, um, but that's just the Tennessee, that's what they do on second down inside the five yard line. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty interesting. I mean, they got a pretty good running back to Marshawn Lynch, I wonder why, so that's why it kind of just stuck with me. Hmm. Lo and behold, um, a few days later, uh, Sunday comes Super Bowl 49, second, second and goal from the one yard line, Malcolm Butler interception. Like, (laughs) and it didn't, it didn't dawn on me till like the next day, but I was like, he did it again. And I say again, because this was like a a weekly occurrence. Like this, this would happen. This probably happened 80% of the games that that I played there where we would talk about something in the meeting, a a specific situation. um, And it would show up on Sundays. And it's like, he just told us about this two, three days ago. How does yeah. he like? And so, and we were talking about on the sideline, like how he goes. We would like look at each other, and be like, look at the clock, look at the score, look at where the ball is. We talked about like how is he this good <laughs> that he knows exactly, like he could predict every gonna time. Happen. Yeah, but that, but that speaks to his preparation. Yeah, it speaks to why we were so prepared as players, um, and and honestly, that led to us winning so many games because we were prepared for specific moments to occur.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fascinating. Again, we we talked about you hear these phrases banned around leadership, being a leader in the locker room, what it means. When you hear the detail and watching film and putting in the graph, that that's what it is. It's that level that that deep dive to that degree, yeah. and and the fine margins and can pay yeah. off and just the brilliance the brilliance of Belichick. We have j- <laughs> talked and joked about his. his Demeanor, in his character. Yeah. <laughs> I famously once asked you if you ever hung out. Hung out the whole, whole season. He, he feels like uh, he feels like a a coach that is fairly tight with his praise, and this was something I think I'm I'm all right in the frustrations that the Brady's talked a bit about, and and has been reported around the Brady was that whilst to to your point I guess with Gerald Mayo that there is a Patriot way and you let your work do the talking and there are no crazy egos or superstars. And it was never about that at the same time, Brady was, what am I going to do here to get, (laughs) get (laughs) was that hard to play under? Or did you quite like that as a player, a coach that doesn't really throw out too much, too many platitudes?
0: Yeah. You know, there, I'm not going to lie there were times where like I, I know like um, we would have like a leadership group of, of like um, vets that would meet with with coach Belichick separately um, outside of the team and I do remember times where, you know, um, the leaders would go in and meet with him and you know I would talk to him after and stuff then they would be like hey look. We get it, we're not playing well, but right now, tell Coach Bilichek, right now we, we need like everybody's down. We need we need some juice, we need some love, we need some encouragement from, from you. And he would listen and he and that's and that's what he would do. And would he change? Um, He'd adapt. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I, I mean, it's one thing like if we weren't winning games, but we but we were winning games <laughs> at the know. time, right? You like, wouldn't get money. Yeah, exactly. I promise you, we would get uh we would get uh More cussed out after like a big win than after like a tough loss Mm. Uh, because because he's a great he's great at not letting winning um, kind of mask what we're not doing well. So he was Mm. always striving for excellence. And so when the good thing about it is that you always knew where you stood. Walking into the building each and every day. I, I knew where I stood. I knew what I needed to get better at. I knew what I did well last week. I knew what I needed to get do better this week. Yeah. Um, he was very good at, at letting everybody know their role and what was expected of them. But I'm not gonna lie, there were some times where like, you know, the leaders would go talk with them and be like, hey, you know, ease up on us just a little bit. Like we, we need we need some encouragement. We need we need some juice going into this week. Oh, that is that is interesting. The idea that You've
1: just come off the field after a massive win and Belichick's <laughs> just piling into you for their mistakes. But of course, it makes total sense. And that's what makes him great. Okay, yeah. enough Belichick, enough Patriots. Let's look ahead to to Bills Chiefs because the frustrating thing, of, I think, about this matchup is just how banged up that the Bills are defensively. Now, we're recording this Tuesday night, so we don't know kind of how it's going to shake out. It's the last game, of course, the divisional round, so there still might be hope for the Bills and, uh, and their medical team to, to work their magic. But, I mean, listen to this, right? Obviously, we know about Dredavious White and, and Jordan Phillips and Matt Milano all on IR, right? On top of that, Dodson didn't didn't uh, uh, play last week in his questionable, last game in his questionable. Bernard went out in that game. Teron Johnson, Russell Douglas, of course, Specter, Taylor Rapp, Christian Benford, the backup. I mean, they are Jeez. decimated right now. If they got any chance, if most of those guys can't suit up,
0: there surely it's going to be all Chiefs, isn't it? Um, that's a lot of names. That that's a lot to overcome, right? Uh, it, it's one thing if you have like one star defensive player get goes down, um, but you you have other guys around him to kind of fill the void. Um, this is at every level of the defense. They have injuries, and it's yeah. not just starter. It's not just starters. It's the backups too. It's it might be guys that had that didn't start a game this year but they've but they've played 50% of the reps on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um that's that when your depth is is affected especially in the playoffs, there's nothing you can really do to overcome the the lack of depth except score a million points mm-hmm. and keep the, and keep the ball. The offense now has to turn into a a, a defense of some sort in mm-hmm. the way that you control the clock in the way that you limit the possessions of Patrick Mahomes um, in the way that you, you, you end drives with touchdowns and not field goals that all those, those three things um, help a defense out. It could even be this defense does a great job stopping, stopping, um, stopping the chiefs. They, they punt the ball, the bills, let's say received punt on their own 10 yard line. If the bills offense is able to get two first downs that flips the field. Mm. Now, now Patrick Mahomes has to go 80 yards. That's helping. That's a way the offense can almost play defense or help the defense out. And all those, and all those situations with a depleted defense at at, at some point, which the Bills are at that point with so many people banged up, the offense has got to do something to help the defense out for a week. And I've been a part of games like that too. And it's tough, but it's what you got to do. It's a great, it's a great point,
1: a great perspective to, to apply to this game. Uh, looking at the what the bills can do offensively then, and looking at the positives, I guess the upsider uh, with Stefan Diggs, one of the great receivers of his generation, but he's been quiet and for a lot of certainly the, the you know two thirds of the season he started out of the traps he was flying. but yeah. since they they made the change from Dorsey and they've talked about the simplification of the playbook and he seems to have been the one that suffered most. but there's every mm-hmm. chance that this is the kind of game that they unleash Diggs, Cook's running the ball. Uh, effectively Allen feels like he's finding rhythm again and yeah. broke off that X-Factor incredible run of course in the wildcard round to put that to bed Shakir one of the great touchdowns in playoff history so there's a huge amount of Potential here in an offense that's definitely in much better shape than it was midway through the season, right? A-
0: absolutely, offensively. Um, the only thing I didn't like about their game against Pittsburgh was that not as not enough action in the second half, specifically the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, didn't me. put it to bed. Yeah, uh, they, they, yeah, exactly. That's that, especially in the playoffs. That's when you gotta, as an offense, you gotta smell blood and go attack it and just put the game away. Um, another name that I think is going to be big, um, not just this year but for years to come, is Dalton Kincaid, the tight end. Um, the rookie tight end yeah. in Utah. He he was special um again against the Steelers, and he has been really for a majority of his rookie season. If it wasn't for Laporta going crazy in, in Detroit, I think we'd be talking a lot more about Dalton Kincaid. Um, they have the weapons on the offensive side of the ball. It's it's time to really get into motion, really get into rhythm. I love the first half that I saw uh from the Bills offense against the Steelers. Um, but a first half isn't gonna beat Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you gotta play four quarters. You have got to play four quarters and until the clock strikes zero, you cannot stop trying to score. Even this iteration of the Chiefs, of course, which
1: has been much maligned. And again, to to borrow your point earlier, <laughs> given the high standards we're talking about here, it kind of it, it puts it in a bit of context. But but clearly the problem, which was okay in the in the wild cup round because Miami just worked at the races, and of course they've had injury issues of their own, but Pacheco could run the ball. Mahomes was doing his thing. Kelsey had seven carries, Rashid, right, seven cat, Rice seven catches, Rashe Rice, a hundred yard right. game again. And that was enough. That was enough to beat the Finns, but they've got to get more from their supporting cast. Even if they get past Buffalo, if they're going to go all the way, or threaten to yeah. go all the way, it's got to be Kadarius, Tony and Valdez, Scatling, Sky Moore. These guys have got to step up and contribute, don't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no question about it. Um and I think that they they have it in them. It's just a matter of taking it from the practice field and doing it on the game field. Um, look, you know Pat's going to show up. Uh, you know Travis Kelsey's going to show up. Chris Jones is going to show up on the defensive side of the ball. Like you know, the guys that have been there and have been staples there uh, during this historic run um, and Super Bowl run that they that they've been going on. It's time for them also to to step up. Um, it's time for them also to carry more of the load. That's what that's why they get paid what they get paid. And that's why they are who they are. Mm. So as much as you do need the supporting staff to play better, one thing that kickstarted a, a, a supporting staff is Travis Kelsey and Rashid Rice going crazy. And now we getting single coverage on everybody else. Right. And you're able to win the one on one matchups. And now it's a now it's a slant. That instead of getting tackled at seven yards, a slant that goes for 17 because it's a one on one matchup and there's so much attention paid to Kelsey or whoever else is hot on that day. Uh, Then at the end of the day, right, you're going to forget you're going to be trying to guard everybody else. You forget Patrick Mahomes can run. He always picks up (laughs) big, big third downs in those situations late in games as well um so as much as the supporting cast needs to step up i think it, the the stars the Pacheco's, the Kelsey's, like i said it's time for them to raise their level they've been there before they've won mm-hmm. before they know what it's like it's time for them to step up as well
1: and and, and as he as he rightly say the two things that connect right if they do step up then it will open the, the easier looks maybe opportunities mm-hmm. for some of that second tier group to to start to get theirs as well and when you think about we talked about the banged up defense, but of Daquan Jones back for the Bills, which is a positive. And yeah. you've got Hyde and Poyer in the in the secondary there as well. So they still have some heavyweights in, in the mix, but yeah. this feels like it might be the kind of game the Chiefs needed, right? If if they mm-hmm. if you look at the matchups and look at all of those points, if the Chiefs can get a real rhythm going in this game they're suddenly in the championship game with everything chiming right at the right time it would not surprise you at all (laughs) would it
0: no not at all um if if there's one thing that you can't count you can count on the Chiefs for is being hot at the right time yeah um that's and that's what they've shown um and regardless of what their season has looked like if they're hot at the right time there's this guy named Patrick Mahomes and like you can't stop him when he's hot you can't like there's not much you can do defensively to really slow that down the only thing you can do is you have to match score with score yeah. if you remember a couple years ago um in what is in the divisional at uh at kansas city that's what buffalo was doing and it just took a tyree Hill, you know like a freak show of a play master class yeah yeah, yeah exa- exactly if we uh, get anything are close capable- yeah anything close to that
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be uh Awesome to watch. Hey, listen, before we get out of Dodge, because last time you were on at least some point this season, we played 57 seconds. Well, oh, yeah, because we've done that. You did very well. You're pretty high up on the leaderboard, Chamberlain, on that. Okay. So you should be proud uh, of that. Uh, uh, um, uh, we've been busy. Well, I say we, propose been busy. Ollie's been busy, not hasn't turned up to the recording once again. But to be fair <laughs> to him, he's come up with quite a fun game, a playoff special of Would You Rather. Have you ever played? Okay. Would you rather? Yeah. So you, uh, yes, I have. you get, yes, the, base, have. You get the gist, yeah. right? So it's kind yeah. of 57 seconds esque, all right. So we're not going to time it. We're just going to fire, fire them at you. So again, I know last time with 57 seconds, you wanted a bit of time to get your game face on and get yourself ready. You, do you want a bit of that? Yeah.
0: Okay. There yeah. we go. We're good now. Yeah. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I. That's what I'm telling myself when I'm going to play fire sign. About going
1: to say that. Do you see what everyone says? Let's go up to one of the opponents and say, yeah. if you stay ready, you don't have to get yourself ready, mate. i just wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just what okay. You ready? Let's do it. Mahomes or Allen? Mahomes. Stroud or Jackson? Stroud. Ooh. Yeah. You go with it. You go with it. Purdy, Purdy or yeah. Love? You go on Stroud. Purdy or Love? Well, that's a tough one. Uh, Purdy. Yeah, it's got to be. Evans or Amara St. Brown? Evans. Would you rather play in Buffalo or Detroit? Detroit indoors. Yeah, right. I <laughs> don't you thinking about the conditions. I do with the actual franchise state of it. Uh what about Nick Bosa or Chris
0: Jones? Which one do I would I do I want on my team? Yeah I, get, one oh, yeah, I want to which one do you get Which one least like to least like to face? Yeah. Uh I would uh uh Bosa. Yeah. You, you're allowed to push. We'll give
1: you a push, by the way. If you don't want a call, cool one uh, okay. Laporta or Kincaid. Laporta, that's a good. That's a, these are good. Proper. I'm liking his work yeah. here. Campbell or Ryan's. Dan Campbell or D'Amico Ryan's, as your head coach. Who do you think you play? Who actually D'Amico. who would suit you better in terms of how they'd use? Yeah, you? Uh,
0: maybe Campbell oh. actually. Probably they the way, yeah, the way Detroit's offense. I could well, these in, in there. Gibbs, right? Yeah, out of the back, yeah, field. yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, gets... Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell.
1: Yeah, I like that. Uh, 49 is weapons or Mahomes as your quarterback, Mahomes. You get it as a player, yeah, as you'd rather have, yeah, Mahomes. you would because you may you feel yeah. your boots there as well. Uh, would you rather lose to an overtime field goal or get blown out? Oh boy, in the playoffs, divisional round. Uh, blown out I think so as well blown so out around. yeah
0: even during the regular season yeah if you, you're going to you lose you blown out
1: you told yeah. me that once and I keep using it saying that you said it's when you got absolutely blown out you get over that more easily than when it's a really narrow yeah yeah I'll have to think about that uh, alright last one Jason Kelsey of the great Jason Kelsey of course announces his retirement or it was announced today that he is uh, is going to retire from the game future Hall of Famer would you rather have Jason Kelsey or Jim Harbour as your brother oh
0: Jason Kelsey, yeah, gotta, yeah. <laughs> gotta be. I feel, right. I feel like I feel like we could drink a few beers together. Yeah, and have, <laughs> One have a good I time.
1: Yeah, it was like the Do you reckon he'll go? He'll go media. Do you reckon
0: that's the direction he'll go? Or I, Bob, I think he did a little bit during their bye week this season. Mm, okay, with, uh, with Thursday night. He could, honestly, if he wants to stay home and be the greatest dad in the world, he can do that. If he wants to join the media circuit, I think every network in America would be open, Take opening the door for him. He's, yeah. he's. I've heard nothing, but. Fantastic things about Jason Kelsey.
1: You know that is interesting, isn't it? When every player you talk to and everyone that talks about him says the same thing, yeah, that is generally that is generally a good sign. Shane Barine is always a pleasure. Catch that up with you, man. It was short but sweet this time around. We're going to get yeah. you back for a deeper dive very okay. very soon. How does that sound? Anytime. You just let me know, Nat. Thanks for everything. Look after yourself, bud. Take care. Welcome back to the Nat Coombe Show. Brilliant stuff from Shane I hope you enjoyed the messages from our sponsors. And I hope in that break, you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let's get down to more preview, more build-up of the NFL Divisional Round. Three other big games to key in on. And I'm delighted to have back on the show the fantastic, always interesting, Scott McCabe. Enjoy.
2: Scott, great to see you, man. how How's life treating your first things first? I am doing very good right now. Uh, I, I'm quite tired, I must say. I mean, these these playoffs, you know, they take it out of you. Um, the Irish and UK fans will, will know all about that. But uh, it's been a busy few weeks of football too. Oh. Let's not forget the College Football National Championship in there as well. The icing on the icing on the shirt the cherry on the cake it just keeps going like you know but uh, are we, do we, do we, are we going. gonna go anywhere
1: near what happened with fsu i mean i don't know if we going to because obviously ben went on a, a massive run and of course for, <laughs> for context of course scott was out with me and ben in tallahassee uh for the fsu miami game and we had some good times out there in florida mm. uh and since then of course tricky old situation for fsu
2: maybe we should just park that we probably shouldn't go near it yeah i, yeah, know, I wow, think ben i on. think ben ben did a great job well Ben spoke his mind, and he did a great job of doing that. And I think we should leave leave the mic with Ben on that one. I think I think that's probably the yeah, way, I think the mic's the more angled. Something. I think Ben
1: threw it, and <laughs> on, and stormed off the stage. I'm not sure that the mic's working anyway after that. <laughs> well, anyway, we we're not going to get into that because we've got a ton to to break down. Mm-hmm. Our divisional round preview show. Obviously, I and Mike and I got into quite a few things on our show that's in the vault go check that out and uh and shane and i were chatting bills chiefs so i want to cover the other three games with you all righty uh Mm -hmm. because there's so many fascinating narratives flying around all of them and i'm still undecided on i'd say definitely one of them which way i'm leaning and maybe, maybe there's an argument that all three could go either way so let's see what we can work out over the next 30 minutes and change why don't we start with the Texans Mm Ravens. And I wanna initially get into Lamar Jackson. And straight off the bat, we know Lamar's a lot for MVP, his second MVP. And Mm -hmm. I wrote about him recently uh, for my piece in the Times, looking at the numbers and so many different metrics now, his best ever, right? In terms of completion percentage and tangibly improved passing mechanics, or at least the output of those passing mechanics. Is that, does that, in your mind, elevate him very much now without question into that very, very top tier in the league? Or do you still think until he has deep playoff runs, possible, possibly a Super Bowl ring to his name, he's going to be considered underneath Mahomes, certainly, and, and some of his other contemporaries?
2: I think Mahomes, whenever Mahomes is in the conversation, it's always going to change and it's going to tweak because when he when you have multiple Super Bowl rings, that instantly puts you into another sphere altogether. Um, but I think when we look at Lamar Jackson, yeah, I mean he's got an MVP title, so he's done great things, and that's that's a as much as it's a team and a, and a team award, it, it also reflects on Lamar. You know, so you, so you get the MVP, that's recognition of you as a player, and this season what he's done, and we've been calling for it and Ravens fans have been calling for it is just give him a wide receiver give him a true wide receiver one let's let's see what he can do give him weapons to work with and they've had Mark Andrews in the past and and he's been great with them but we've all seen the difference with Zay Flowers now in the mix Mm -hmm. and what he's done and the connection between these two and that's elevated this offense not only in the passing game but it's it's all these different read options that they can do now with Zay Flowers in the mix then you put Isaiah Likely the other tight end into it and you throw OBJ and suddenly you know Lamar Jackson is one of the best. Well, I wouldn't say one of the best receiving course, but he's got a solid. Receiving he's, got core, right? he's got options. He's got options. He's got options. Didn't, ha- didn't have him before.
1: because it, it's it, obviously this has always been the book on him. He's a dual threat quarterback. He mm-hmm. can be okay with his arm, but he's not as good as these guys. And, and he's all about his ground game. That's what the critics would say. I think he's. I think he's certainly leveled that up, and he's been given the opportunity to to do that more readily. Obviously, with the transition from Greg Roman's offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, probably the same critics still wheel out that, well, he's got to get it done in the playoffs. He hasn't really done it. But I mean, God, it, it took a while for him to get his first playoff win. And that was that was hanging around. I just think there are some quarterbacks that are going to be criticized by a certain faction of yeah. NFL fandom and media, let's face it irrespective of what they do until i mean you know he'll get his first ring and then they'll say well okay he's got a ring but he hasn't got multiple rings like so and so exactly you know we'll we'll see i mean lamar jackson is unquestionably a a, a top-tier talent but but and it's interesting you say mahomes and everybody else i kind of get that given he he's laid that down and it's probably churlish to to look at too fine print i guess we have to really be considering different tiers. And there's no question now that Lamar is, is is in that tier. Because if we're thinking about X-Factor quarterbacks, which to me represents the difference, either it's improvisational, like it's Rodgers, can keep a play extended. Mahomes obviously is terrific at that. Allen, we saw the run he broke off last night uh, against the Steelers. Moments mm-hmm. like that in a game. And, and Lamar, of course, can deliver that as well. Talk about this call and Mark Andrews is a player I want to key on with this matchup against the Texans because Njoku, David Njoku had a lot of success against the Texans in the wildcard round. Is that a, obviously it's a welcome return to have a player of his caliber back. How significant a player do you think Mark Andrews will be in this matchup?
2: Oh, massively, massively. And like you said there, you saw what David Njoku did to, to the Texans defense. Like um earlier in in, in the week, I was referring to David Njoku as like a prime Tony Gonzalez out there. Nice. Like Joe Joe yeah, Flacco. Yeah, yeah. He really just he, he put a fire in, in, in um Njoku's belly and it really you, you could see it like the, the two of them were clicking. So I think now if you look at it with Mark Andrews and, and what he can potentially do um in in this game, yes, he's gonna have a huge impact, but it might be off the ball that that impact is seen. So he might be, you know, being double yeah. manned and that's going to leave Zay Flowers or whoever it might be open. So yes, having a, having a top tier player like that back is a huge boost for this Ravens team, especially and we didn't think he was going to be back we thought he was potentially gone for the season you know um, so yeah absolutely I think he's he's one to watch in this game but it's also to see how Isaiah Likely now does um, with, with the Ravens tight end like so he's mm-hmm. been in the place of of um, Mark Andrews and he's done a great job there and he's not going to want to give that up easily yeah. either it's, a, so, it's, it's obviously a, a, yeah.
1: a great problem for Harbour to, to have and you mentioned OBJ as well that It would not surprise me in the slightest if either in the division or if they make it the championship round or indeed the Super Bowl, OBJ comes up with a couple of clutch moments. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even if he's not going to get eight catches for 175, he's picking up three or four crucial clutch plays, picks up a first down, maybe a score as well. And there is this range that that Lamar's got now. Conversely, Houston banged up on offense, of course, without Mm -hmm. Noah Brown, without Tank Dell. Up against this formidable D of Baltimore, does that feel that it is going to be a step too far right now? This brilliant fairy tale season. Think about it as well, Scott. Week one, the Ravens beating the Texans twenty-five nine. I mean, if we if we'd had this conversation yeah. then, and I said, oh, they're going to meet in the divisional round, and CJ Stroud's going to have one of the great rookie quarterback seasons in history, you'd have probably. La- oh, would you have laughed at me? Where were you on because you cover a lot of college ball uh, yeah. as 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 our listeners I know I'm sure will know. So where were you on Stroud coming into in and this quarterback class?
2: Look in hindsight, everyone wants to say that they they called it or that they they thought he was going to be great. I I was more in on Stroud than I was with Bryce Young. I just saw more big playability, um, yeah. Really from Stroud, and I liked what he did with Ohio State there. And you know, he's was he your favorite out of the class? You know, with with
1: Richardson in there as well. Like, do you remember like where you were leaning? Because I was didn't know I- enough about Stroud. I didn't watch enough enough yeah. to obviously. I, I listened to Ben and uh, yourself and, and and smart college analysts. But I, I, yeah, I felt, I and mean, Bryce Young, I saw more tape of, and obviously Rich is in mm-hmm. the X Factor Highlight. Everybody always joke about everybody, unless they're watching hours and hours of college ball, everybody's an expert come, come <laughs> draft day when they watch their like, 90 minutes tops of of highlight reel stuff. But I, I think if I'm honest, I felt initially coming into the season that Bryce Young would be the most readily acclimatized, even in that difficult situation. We figured Houston were going to have a messy season as well. I, Ollie and I keep calling this as much as possible, but by week three, week four, I, I'd looked at all of that tape, pro tape we'd had now on Stroud, watched that every, you know the, the the condensed tape you get where it's every throw of this game, and I and I called it on to Ollie saying he he is fu- he is going to be fine. I didn't anticipate he was going to have this kind of season, but so I think I think I was way off the mark coming into into it as well. Looking at the success of the of this season, are you are you thinking? it's a free hit for Houston. They're going to be pretty fearless or has expectation built now a little bit and they're, they're going to be coming into this and thinking, my God, we're so close and, uh, and the pressure might get to them. I heard somebody talk about that today saying, oh, well, you know, they've never been in this situation before. And I, there's a validity to a degree in that argument. I'm not, it's not sure how much with this Texans team.
2: Yeah. Look, uh... I watched the Dallas Cowboys at the weekend there get absolutely blown out to the Green Bay Packers. And right. partially, I think some of that is down to pressure. The Packers had no pressure on them. Right. Nobody gave them a chance. The pack, the Cowboys had all the pressure. It's in Jerry world. You got to put on a bu- show. Same with the Bucks and the Eagles, right? Same with the Bucks and Eagles, exactly. So when you can go into it as the as sort of underdog, it, it does benefit you. But, you know, D'Amico Ryans came out recently and it's a, it's a quote that really stood out to me. And he said that our team is calm. Our team is together. And that's what you want your head coach to be saying and that's what the fans want to be hearing and, and, and I'm, I'm buying into it and it's not only me, you can see the players buying into this D'Amico Ryan's culture and I think he's got them well drilled. Like, let's not forget, he had a six-year stint with the San Francisco 49ers so he knows what it takes to be a really, really good team and to make a deep playoff run and now you give him the reins of this team, the defense has improved massively. I mean, the defense was the 27th ranked scoring, um, sorry, against the scoring and now, like, mm-hmm. last season, like, this season they're 11th so, like, it, the improvements we've seen have been sensational. Also in the run, they went from the 6th-worth run defense to the 6th best run defense. And what yeah. the Ravens like to do, they love to run the ball. So, interesting matchup there, but no, mm. I, I don't think the stage is too big because personally, I think if the stage was going to be too big, it was we would have seen it in CJ Stroud's first playoff game as a rookie. And what did he do except break more records as well? And you yeah. know, his... And he, he's just gone all out this season because he's got nothing to lose. And there was people that doubted him because of his wonderlick test, which is a test essentially of intelligence and how you can kind of replays. And he scored incredibly low on that. And, you know, there's so all at So did
1: all, to be fair. And he's
2: producing yeah. <laughs> not just this show, but the
1: breakfast show and Talk Sports. So things have worked right yeah. out for him as well.
2: Yeah. So like it, it, it does come down to, to CJ Stroud and if the team buys into him and and if they buy into D'Amico Ryans. And right now, Nat, I think they do, and it's it's pretty obvious right now the way that they played against the, the the Houston Texans, and they terrorized the Houston Texans. Like, let's not forget that that was sorry the the Browns, that Browns team. Oh, was they blew, absolutely, oh, yeah, they,
1: like, they blew them apart. I mean, yeah, exactly. No. It was, I mean, really great parallel. The manner of Green Bay's victory over over the Cowboys just manhandled them, and <laughs> yeah, there's a there were a lot of parallels, of course, even though love. Is not a rookie quarterback on paper. He basically is, you know, I keep I keep pushing that line, but but ostensibly he is. Of course, he's had the benefit of, of sitting and learning and watching and, and learning the playbook and the offense, which makes Stroud's achievement all the more remarkable. But that's not to take away from the the progression that Jordan Jordan Love has shown. Propo made a great point actually in terms of comparison, because as you know, he loves his loves his Bengals and, mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's got 14, I think was the latest count of posters or photos of Joe Burrow. At home, it's getting it's getting obsessive and, and borderline kind of shrine levels, but he loves Joe Burrow. <laughs> and and he said that there is a there's a huge amount of or drew the parallels really with the season, the winning mentality that CJ Stroud has, the moxie and the, the fearlessness. You you use that word, and that was apparent with early mahomes as well. I mean, I think Stroud is very much showing all of the traits of a player that can. Absolutely hit those heights as well. So, do we dare to dream here? I mean, could we be talking about a Super Bowl run for the Texans? They're going to be obviously heavy underdogs. It's on the road. It with the 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 banged up offense that they've got. It's obviously going to be a tall order. How close do you think this game's going to be?
2: Oh, look, it's I do, I do dare to dream. I do because it's it's the NFL playoffs and anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um. I also like looking at the teams that have, have have been on the go and been on the move and had really no time to rest versus the likes of the Ravens who have been literally with the feet up and you know obviously they're studying tape and they're busy but it's one thing when you, you've got that kind of grind and that mentality to just keep going at it and you know there's no foot off the gas and that can work both ways I mean the team can burn out you get injuries um, your team would be exhausted versus the Ravens being fresh or the opposite and the all the momentum is with the, the Texans right now which mm. I kind of want to buy into look you, you touched on it earlier the last time these two teams met it was week one the Ravens won 25-9 to nine. you know the, the Texans literally went there and kicked field goals all day that's all they did Stroud didn't even need to go on the pitch but that was his first game as an NFL quarterback like mm. so when you think of the improvement now he's going to want to go in there and prove that he's one of the best and there's no better way to do it than you know re- rewrite your wrongs and, and go in here and make a statement play against the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs like huge ask um, but I think I, look, I do dare to dream, but it's it's, it's, it's going to come down to this te- Houston Texans all line. Can they keep Stroud upright? Can they keep him safe? And can they give him time in the pocket to deliver deep shots down to, to Nico Collins? And I think if the Texans get out to an early lead, which is always hard against this Baltimore Ravens defense, but if they can, and, you know, because when we look at the Ravens, what do they do? They run the ball, and they love to run the ball. But sure. if they're trailing, they're going to have to air it out. So yeah. I think if, if we do You're see, absolutely uh, right. A fast you know, start and put, put the
1: pressure on... And and we shall see the proof, the the proof will be there in terms of Jackson's progression and all of those narratives around his fragility in terms of plus. I mean, I just mm-hmm. another just before we start recording, I was just sipping around and see some analysis and one article I'm not gonna name, I'm not gonna call him out, but to, it promised deep-seated analysis in the game. And the pretty much the person they go to is Lamar Jackson's only completed X amount of his passes in those and in that's oh, come on. But it's a great point. Put let's put them to the test. Conversely, yeah. I think the Texans are a team and Mike and I have covered this a few a few times this season. The teams that are built to to play from behind, they can they, they they'll be okay with it. They won't be phased by that and and very much the Texans feel like one of those teams. That's the first game that I want to break down with you next up. Very different quarterback situation in the Bucks Lions game, uh, of course, because here are two two feel good stories in Mayfield and, and, and Goff and two players I I really root for in different ways Mayfield's just great to watch and he's just this freewheeling wheeling ball of chaos that you just know something's <laughs> going to happen usually everything does happen the whole storyline of his rehabilitation career rehabilitation and, and watching his confidence grow and grow I've always been rooting for Baker Mayfield and I'm really pleased that he has achieved success again and found found a home again and different kind of character, but the same vibes with golf, right? He w- was a player that I think was woefully underrated and un- underestimated and was cast off basically. And here he is now. And he's won the fans round and Mike and I talked about this on, on our show, how clearly emotionally it was with the fans cheering his name. It's great to see out of the, two head-to-head comparisons or the head-to-head comparison between the two, I should say. Who do you think has had the more impressive season all
2: of them? Oh, that's a great question. I, I put it down to Jared Goff purely because of how this team is being transformed. Like they won the NFC North for the first time in their history. I mean, it's it's impressive. And not only that, it's because of of Jared Goff and how he personally has performed this year. There's been times I've looked at Baker and he's not been great. Like he's had up and down games, but Jared Goff, bar that kind of, I think it was Thanksgiving game where he looked a little... Yeah, old. which actually um, was the
1: game that kick-started
2: Green Bay season, of course. Exactly, yeah. So was, thanks for that, Jared Goff, coming <laughs> to you as a Cowboys fan, so appreciate that. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, Jared Goff, I mean, he, he's top three passer in the NFL this season in passing yards. Um, now, yes, you can get, put the argument there and say he's got a great got great weapons to throw the ball to, but so does Baker. Baker's got Mike Evans, who is consistently has 1,000 yards se- even seasons, uh, and Chris Godwin too. But I mean, look, two... Fairy tale storylines from both of them, but I'd say Jared Goff from what he's done this season, and um, the belief that he's just instilled in the whole of Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. like <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Eminem comes out with a song for him after this if he, oh, if he keeps be, this I up. Mean, you know, <laughs> can you imagine again if we uh, we talked about the
1: Week One Texans and uh, uh, and Ravens game? If we gone back, I don't know, five years, and I said, yeah, I think Eminem's gonna gonna release a track or at least name check Jared Goff in a positive light. <laughs> In in his latest uh, in his latest out uh, on his latest album, I think I would have been laughed out of dodge. This oh, yeah. this stat okay. blew my head. Stat Muse, courtesy of Stat Muse. Where do you think? And I've kind of loaded the question now. I know. Passer rating under pressure. Yeah, given the fact that the book on Goff is you put him under pressure and he and he's he's done. Where do you think he ranks in terms of? starting quarterbacks this season, passer rating under pressure?
2: I do rate his offensive line. And I think they have given him one of the best in the league, honestly, um, and how they've improved that. So I do think that given that, I'm sure he's had, he has had a decent amount of time in the pocket to to make throws. I'm going to say top 10, maybe. Second. He's second. Goff is second under pressure. Now
1: you're right. The line has a massive yeah, part to do with that. But it's not all to, oh, all to do with no. that. Jared Goff is playing the best football of his career. And I think this is where the Lions take take this game. Look, I've, I've been riding the Bucks mm-hmm. into the playoffs where nobody said they'd make the playoffs. I picked him and there is there is visual proof of this. Scott McCabe, courtesy mm-hmm. of Seb and the boys on social. I picked him. The only one of the three of us to pick him. <laughs> Ollie didn't pick him. I might didn't pick him. I figured they'd take down, take down the Eagles. I think the, the, the party ends here. But, and here's the but, the reason I've been so big for so long this season on the Bucs is the, the veteran defense, still so many of that Super Bowl winning D with talent in abundance there and experience of these kind of jams. There is a slight fear. There is a slight fear. All of these weapons. And we talk about the depth of the Ravens. The Lions can match them. They can match anyone, I think, right now in terms of prolific... Contributions theoretically, the Chiefs could get there if Tony and Valdez Scantling come to the party, then they'll be up there, right? Obviously, the 49ers yeah. probably have the the highest caliber in terms of level and range as well. But the Lions have, have got a fair amount of options all rolling at the same kind of time right now. So, I, I do favor when you think about the line you've talked about up against that pressure. I do favor then the D- D- Detroit here, but I'm a little bit worried about that heavyweight veteran D and Vita Vea run stuffing and oh, they yeah. can't, can't get Montgomery and Gibbs going. And so I'm leaning yeah. lines, but with an asterisk. How about you?
2: Yeah, I would be the same. It's, I, you just mentioned it there, the wrong game. You kind of touched on it there, Montgomery and, and Jameer Gibbs. Like that's it's. Arguably one of the best running back duos in the league. Um, and let's not forget, like when it, when it came to draft draft day as well, Lions got a lot of sticks for in a running Slated. back, absolutely destroyed. And now you look at it and you go, hey, that actually was a pretty good pick. It's given them a lot of different options now. Yeah, um, I am swaying towards the Lions purely just the atmosphere as well and Ford Field. Like it's gonna be incredible, and this is such a new kind of. If all these fans like it's, for a lot of them it's, it might be their first time experiencing a, a divisional game like this and look if this was a regular season game I probably at the start of the season I would have said okay if it's week like you know 16, 15 or whatever I would have said okay Detroit will take this um, mm. I'd be surprised if you told me at the start of the season this was going to be a divisional game because mm. I think most definitely I think Detroit are in a great place to win this but let's not forget like Bucks have had a tough road to get here and Baker I mean he's, they're playing with grit they're they're, <laughs> they're playing very good football right now and it was great to see as well Trey Palmer get a touchdown yesterday and he played in the 2022 Erlingus College Football Classic for Nebraska. so I'd nice. love, love to see that progression of players from from, from the game in Dublin to, to the big stage and they look they've got good weapons on offense uh, and look the defense is good it's not great, it's good. Um, is it good enough to, to hold this line's uh, offense? I don't know. I'm on Ross Saint Brown what a player. What a player! And we thought Sam Laporta as well, the tight end, the rookie tight end that's breaking all the records for the Lions. We thought that he might be injured. Um, yeah, you know, coming into this game, and I don't know if you saw the size of his cast on on his uh, left leg. I think it was, uh, it was it was huge. But he, he played through it. And Lions are banged up, but so are the Bucs. And I, I think Detroit taking
1: that. Yeah, yeah, I, I I am going Detroit. But I, as you're talking, I was just reading a quote: Devin White, one of those those Bucks vets he was talking about the Eagles game, right? And this was the quote, they enter the game, and this is Devin White, with a dominant mindset. We wanted to jump on them early and just beat them. I think it was the preparation that played a big part coming in here with a winning attitude. This buckside side, it have been there. You know, It depends how much stock you place on the point we made earlier about the Texans. I do think clearly there is validity for a lot of teams, and you make a great point about the pressure. They're not going to feel any pressure. They're the underdog. It's a free hit. Detroit are going to feel all the pressure. And that's going to be fascinating to see how how they handle that because they've been built in this underdog. Everyone's writing us off, mold. And now it is a different mindset. Everyone, I think everyone is expecting them to win. Right? I think the majority. Yeah, of yeah no. The majority
2: them. of people of Detroit will. Can Dan Campbell keep that camp, you know, quiet and and no, no, Drama like the Cowboys usually do in these press conferences. Don't need anyone deleting their social media accounts. Just stay composed, collected throughout the week and and just keep doing what you guys have been doing. And if I'm Dan Campbell, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I think that as well, we need to touch on Dan Campbell and the job that he's done there. Um sure. I think I think the moment that he came in that press conference and was opening press conference and was talking about like I think it was biting kneecaps or ripping kneecaps off or whatever it was was some kneecap quote and people kind of that kind of got people looking going who is this guy and then you see in hard knocks and he's doing push-ups with the with his players and stuff like that like he's a real he has the team where where they need to be but I feel like the guys can can kind of joke with him too and I don't know what it's like obviously in the camp but you kind of do get that sense there that they're really together and that's they've what tried. it takes to, to win to win Super Bowls now and I, I know and I'm not not saying Lions are, are going to get there instantly but I'm saying that, that mentality of of being together because look at the talent on that Eagles team last night and look yeah. at the performance that we got oh, it's, and it's because
1: what a great point the I mean, you know yeah exactly the individual talent they've they've just and, and head scratching I was celebrating Sirianni on this show mid-season because they were rolling we we're talking about I mean what a brilliant front office they have as well and the Eagles were the darlings of the NFL right now. I mean, they were a lot to go deep. Something strange has happened there. And we know the defensive issues, obviously, but... And it's Patricia's an easy four guy, I know, but there's something yeah. not right in that locker room. And, and to bring that back to your point and 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 how the Bucs, uh, how the Lions rather, are, are rolling right now with that momentum. It just feels like it's got America's game vibe. Or written mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. Written all over it. There are so <laughs> many America's game narratives. CJ Garner, John to be back gonna be back for this game as well. That's massive. Huge. He went on the record, uh, of course, fairly recently saying that the Lions brought him in to win a Super Bowl. So they're they're talking about it. And you know, you know this, Scott, and and, and the work you've done. You talk to players and there's no fear about rest's a jinx vibe about talking about the Super Bowls, right? Sometimes, you know, when certain players who was the Browns rookie that did that a few years ago? Do you remember? And called, we're going to win the Super Bowl. And he's got absolutely slated for it. But plenty of teams do. They Gosh, talk about it. They yeah, understand. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? They understand the window of opportunity. On the Lions, it feels like they've got they've got a window for a year or two more than this. right? It doesn't feel like this is last chance saloon. I suppose the Bucks, particularly with that D and Evans and Godwin, this feels like if they are going to do it again it's now it's now or never right? oh yeah like yeah. Is, we've got, yeah we've got a seat at the table we're a couple of games from the super bowl and that's knockout football and what we love about it packers 49ers on that note again the Packers heavy underdogs but we've already talked about their fearlessness against against the dallas cowboys
2: Yeah, almighty dallas cowboys huh? <laughs> yeah
1: who do you think um deserves the most credit if you had to isolate is it Is it love and and the way he's progressed? Is it Lafleur? Is it the front office for, let's face it, selecting a young group of particularly offensive players and receivers that we thought might be a bust last season, but actually Mm -hmm. turned out to be some pretty sharp business.
2: Yeah, oh look, the praise to the Packers this week. You've got to give them praise and and and, and it's in all corners of the camp, Nat. It, it it reflects on more than just Jordan Love. Yes, Jordan Love, I mean, what a season he's having. I don't think any of us really thought he would be performing in the manner that he is. And like you see some of the throws he was making against the Cowboys. It was like mm. watching Joe Montana out there. Um it's great if it's for your team. When it's against your team, it's really, really hard to watch, you know. Are you got to uh, but I mean, mean are you are you obviously you got to what a stupid question. But I mean, are you
1: are you surprised or are you kind of used to this now as a as a Cowboys fan?
2: To use, to quote the great Jerry Jones on Floored right now, Nat, to be honest with you. I, um you think it was your we, year? I felt like it was our year I felt like it was it was we say that every year, and we're, we're Cowboys fans. Uh, for anyone who is un- unaware, I am a Cowboys fan. If yeah. it's not clear by now, um, but yeah, every year we look. It's people talk about the Cowboys cycle, and it's like, oh, you win a playoff game, or sorry, you make the playoffs and great regular season, and then you crumble. But it's just uh, with the roster that we had, the talent that we had, um, and like now I'm worried with a lot of the free agents that we might lose. I think we've got to got to give CD a big contract now. Are we going to yeah. extend Dak Prescott? You know, Tyler Biadish, our center, or he could be moving on. Same as Tyler Smith. Like, there's a lot of guys that that might be moving on or, and it might be their last kind of stint with the Cowboys and the way that we were playing all season I mean we won the division and, and everything just seemed to be going right and I think the issue was and a lot of people came out and said it that everyone was looking to next week who are we going to play next week and we were overlooking the Packers Yeah, that's something yeah, 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 you oh, cannot do you know and, and Mike really McCarthy comes out and he says we, we weren't prepared well that, that falls on Mike McCarthy and for a while I've kind of sat back here and gone I think we're you know as a Cowboys fan I've said yeah um, I'm quite happy with the way things are we're consistent but uh, after this it's the final straw now I mean Cowboys fans we can't keep taking one and done in the playoffs no, um, it's no. just just enough but, Changes are to... coming. but you think about that speaking of change you think about the Packers season which was
1: when we talked about that Thanksgiving game they look dead and buried mm-hmm. right in terms of oh, yeah. realistic playoff ambition. you know this will make you laugh when we flew over to Dublin for the game last summer the Notre Dame game mm-hmm. Ben me, Ben, and Proper obviously all came out together, and Ben was talking on the flight. He had a copy of Sports Illustrated, and it was the season preview uh, edition. And he was taking the piss, saying, uh, "This guy thinks the Green Bay Packers are going to make the playoffs." And, oh, how we laughed! <laughs> and here we are now. And and on that, you think about someone like Joe Barry, right? Who midway through the season was Ooh. done, was a laughing stock, was under huge amount of pressure. The Packers and Jordan Love and this young receiving core, and of course Aaron Jones and the ground game role, and that's what's getting the attention. But it's this defense, right, That that is really sharp and shaping up as well. And you think about how that fared, it fared against the Cowboys. Is there a chance that they might find a way to at least – nullified to a degree, the 49ers, blunt their impact a bit, but he's going to be feeling, God, pressure feels like it is It is one of the main storylines going into this weekend. And actually, this this Packers team could keep up a little bit. I mean, if they can keep them oh, yeah. down to 24, 27, they might have a shot.
2: I've absolutely got a shot now with that I've faced in this Packer's team um to potentially make a, a an under upset here um like if Brock Purdy I was kind of looking and, and deep diving on stats and when you look at Brock Purdy and when it, whenever he throws an interception um most of the time it doesn't end up well for the 49ers right Interesting, and he threw, yeah he threw well, so he four to... he threw four against the Baltimore Ravens four interceptions and you saw how they just crumbled right so then you look at what the Packers did to the Cowboys and Dak starts throwing interceptions, and then you kind of go, if they um, and we fall behind, and our shoulders and we our heads drop, and we kind of fall into a slump. And if it kind of follows that same routine in this game, and, and we see a similar kind of uh, play from Brock Purdy, and he, and he throws a couple of interceptions early on, and confidence is, is shot, then Packers absolutely have a chance, but credit to Joe Barry and you. You mentioned him earlier. There, the Packers defensive coordinator, he alternated between zone and man coverage, and which confused Dak Prescott a lot. And mm. that, like, and that. I suppose added to the interceptions and I guarantee you that he's studying Brock Purdy and the throws he was making in that Baltimore Ravens game and he's going to go okay let's mimic that and let's you know let's pick him off and and we do that and you, look you take it's impossible to stop Christian McCaffrey at this point so we just need to rule that out of question I mean he, he's just he's incredible right but if you can somewhat Mate, put it in Brock Purdy's hands put it on his shoulders to win this game not Christian McCaffrey's don't let Christian McCaffrey um close out the game in the third quarter and, and rip off a, a 60 yard touchdown run you know yeah. so if they can do that this packers defense if they can stand up strong against what is a, a pretty decent uh, 49ers o line but it's not out of this world you know um they've got a chance cannot
1: wait cannot wait for this weekend it is going to roll once again i'm going to be on air incidentally for that Texans Ravens game uh, live on Talk Sport 2. Uh, they're going to be doing Packers, 49ers, and of course, the Chiefs Bills game as well. So make sure you tune in to the UK home of NFL on the radio. Make sure you check back in with us dropping Friday. I think me, Propo and Ben with Edge Rush and FFS. And then, of course, I'm Mike and I back in the saddle Monday to pick through the bones of it all. Scott McCabe, always a pleasure catching up with you. Superb insight once again. I can guarantee you're going to be back talking more ball with us very, very soon.
2: Appreciate it. Look after yourself, bro. Thank you, Nat. Thank you, Nat. Appreciate it. So I feel like a uh, feel like a quarterback when I get the call up for for the show. You know, I've been on the bench and then I get the call up and it's like, I'm ready to go. stepping in. You're landing
1: a you're brand new contract after of that performance. I can yeah. tell you. <laughs> Take care, bro. Podcast Network.